Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And we are hosting today from the Diocese of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, at the Pastoral Center in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Okay. <laughs> I was trying really hard to get a third one in there. <laughs> to be clear, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are broadcasting Falls. from Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Sioux Falls. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. It's been a while. It feels like it's been a long while, but I guess it's the normal time between. It does, but you totally are. The, I don't know why. Time, you know, Einstein said time is relative, right? So um, a lot's happened I think it was, since I think we last early December. Together. So yeah. most of Advent and of course Christmas, the Christmas season. Yeah, I mean, and, and everything entails, you know, in, in people's lives. Yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot has gone on. So we're going to use the first half hour to banter and chat about all the things that are going on. But before we go too far, let us pray, shall we? Sounds good. All right. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. O glorious St. Joseph, model of all those who are devoted to labor, obtain for me the grace to work in a spirit of penance for the expectation of many sins, expiation of many sins, to work consciously, putting all the calls of duty above my natural inclinations, to work with thankfulness and joy, considering it an honor to employ and develop by means of labor the gifts received from God, to work with order, peace, moderation, patience, never shrinking from weariness and trials, to work above all with purity of intention and a detachment from self, keeping unceasingly before my eyes death and that I, and the account that I must give of lost time, talents, unused good, goods omitted, and vain complacency in success, so fatal to the work of God. All for Jesus, all through Mary, all after thy example, O Patriarch St. Joseph, such shall be my watchword in life and in death. Amen. Amen. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Love that prayer. Where'd you get that prayer? Uh, Mike Kudrowski gave it to me, actually. Oh. I don't know where he got it. You know, okay. It's a good work prayer. Amen, and we sister. all work in some way, shape, or form. Yes, we do. Even if we're not like physically being paid by somebody, we all have work. Why do we do that, Heather? Do what? Work. Because of the original sin? They no. They made us. It's their fault. No, 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 no. <laughs> Uh, work is toilsome because of original sin, oh. but, but it's part of our dignity as human beings to hmm. work, to cultivate, to till the soil, if you will, <laughs> to, um, yeah, to, to build up the kingdom of God, even if we, we had never sinned, it would still be part of, it's really? part of the divine mandate to Adam and Eve before the fall. I wonder why. Uh, because it's a way that we, um, we, um, we participate in God's work of creation. 
So St. John Paul II wrote an encyclical letter, which I have yet to read, but it exists. What? Um, <laughs> Laborum Exertions, which is on the dignity of human work. He wrote it in the early 80s. Actually, it was um, in the context still of the Cold War, which is still burning hot in the early 80s, which in hindsight, it was only a few years from its end. But yeah. um, so communism and, and communism is um, theoretically all about the worker. But John Paul II pointed out how there's a dignity to human work, which, um, well, many uh, human theories, including communism, completely get wrong. So anyways, but part of, part of what, he, and what he said there was not a new teaching. The church has always said that um, work is part of what it means to be human because it's a way that we um, share in who and what God is. Hmm. Yeah. Well, and that explains why if you're idle and you don't have a lot going on and you don't have a work, you lack, you, some people tend to feel like they lack purpose. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that can be really hard on a mental state. Absolutely. And now you can go too far. So I mean, there's the importance of leisure and yes. rest in the Lord. So let's talk about my mom next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? Who doesn't uh, stop. <laughs> yeah. So there is, yes, there is balance, which we should have. And because we're ultimately, I mean, beatitude is to be resting in the Lord for all eternity um, uh, and with one another, um, not sleeping, but I mean, just being yeah. with. So as, as a Americans, sometimes we can focus, you've probably heard the thing before, we're human beings, we're not human doings. I mean, there is a priority of, of what we are before or what we do, yeah. uh, which we often get wrong too. So we can get that whole thing, work, yeah, we can get that work thing out of whack, out of balance. Yeah, well, and there's that really great quote that, and I apologize for not knowing who said it other than my mother, <laughs> but I know she got it from somewhere, but it's, what does the devil have you busy doing that is good that is keeping you yes. from doing what god wants you to yes. do that is great yes yes i saw something similar recently i think an article in the national catholic register um maybe back in december um if the devil can't tempt us to sin he'll tempt us to be busy mm. busy busy bees. so speaking of be being busy <laughs> Yes. <laughs> There's always things going on here at yeah. the diocese. Yep. And um, especially with our new bishop, he is like. A he's come up on two. Bishop's coming, he's about to be a toddler. You know, he's, he's transitioning ah. from being a baby bishop to being a toddler bishop. Oh, I wonder what that's going to bring. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, February 13th will be the second anniversary of his ordination and installation as yeah, bishop of the diocese. True. It's also. hard to believe it's been so. It feels longer in some aspects. Well, and COVID between then and now. Yeah. So. Yeah. So. Yeah, Bishop Donald DeGroot should say his name just in case folks are like, right. who's the bishop in false? Who's that guy? So uh, he had a vision for our diocese, and now you've created a class to go with said vision. <laughs> said vision. Wow. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> people in the diocese hopefully have heard, maybe not, but folks elsewhere may not have, um, are in prayer, Bishop, and when we say vision, he didn't see a vision, but he, he had a strong sense in prayer of, of the direction that the Lord uh, desires him to lead our diocese. For the rest of his time as our bishop, probably. Yeah, we don't um, know. Lifelong Catholic missionary discipleship through God's love, uh, which I love as a direction the Lord wants our bishop to lead us in. Um, and so what does that look like? We've, we've done a lot of things. We're doing a lot of things to help, frankly, raise, raise awareness 
of what that vision can mean just for people in their ordinary daily lives. Mm -hmm. And we're going to continue to do that. But one of the prongs in our multi-pronged strategy to help people live out the vision uh, is the School of Missionary Discipleship, which is launching here this year. And we are very, very, very excited about. Uh, Yeah. Wow. So what does that look like? What is it? Yeah. What's the format? How is it set up? Brick and um, wow, you're building a building. No, (laughs) no. Yeah, so the school missionaryship is what it's going to offer a number of things, but the heart of it is this: um, it's a multi-year formation process. Wow. Uh, I've become allergic to the word program, so I'm going to work really hard not to call it a program, but it it is. It's a a program. Um, Three, five years, depending on on what you do, but there's sort of a core to it, the heart that people will do. And then we'll have some different, quote-unquote, electives, different tracks uh, at the end. But it begins... So if if folks uh, in our diocese or elsewhere have heard of um, Equip, which is a program that we started a few years ago... This is sort of um, an, a great expansion and extension uh, of what Equip has been and a rebranding, if you will. Mm-hmm. So um, Equip existed as a way to form lay people in particular as missionary disciples. And we started that even before Bishop McGrude got here. Mm-hmm. Um, School Missionary Disciples sort of taking that idea and running with it. Uh, it's not just for lay people. It's for religious and clergy as well, mm-hmm. if they so desire. Um, but it begins, it begins. Uh, and we're starting here next month with a year focused on growing in relational prayer. So learning from truly a master, um, Father Scott Trainer, who gives retreats for priests and other people all over the country. Uh, He's the executive director of Broomtree Retreat Center here in our diocese. Um, Been been teaching people how to pray through spiritual direction and the the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius Valeola for 20 years. Uh, so he knows what he's talking about yeah. when he's talking about prayer. Uh, so for the Scott is going to, there's a sort of a spring semester and then a fall semester okay. um, to help people grow in relational prayer. So Heather, when you hear relational prayer, what, what do you think that, do you know what that means? Do you, and if not, what would you guess relational adds to prayer? Um, I would just think, um, more back and forth discussion with Jesus, or as opposed God, to what? As opposed to just asking for things, or I don't know. I think maybe just asking and thanking for things. Like it seems very basic in one way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So you know, late night shows. What do late night shows always begin with? All of them start with a what? Comedian. The host comes out. Yes, the comedian <laughs> comes out and he does his yeah monologue. Mono. Mano log. He talks to the audience. And that's kind of how we can often be. In so I'm going to say I got prayer. an A plus on that answer. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> um, we just, we, we talk at God, but we don't always make it a conversation, as you said. Sure. And sometimes even more basically, it means for many of us at the very beginning. And listen, if you're for the, oh, that's me. Hey. <laughs> I think this is Welcome how we all club. exactly, yeah. but sometimes I mean, for me, just grow. You know, we learn, we memorize prayers. Oftentimes, when we're children, early elementary school. Some often for us, raised Catholic around First Communion. Right, you have to memorize certain prayers for First Communion in many parishes. Um, but unfortunately, we don't often grow beyond 
that. So our, our prayer toolbox consists of memorized prayers that we can recite when we're supposed to. Right. And, and that's a necessary foundation, but you got to build on that, right? So um, to actually pray those prayers that I've learned, to, act, to say them um, from the heart, to say yeah. them not just like by rote, yeah. mindlessly, but to truly say them, but then even to grow beyond that and just to pray in our own words. I mean, <laughs> that's not to say that you should, yeah, you know, I don't pray the Our Father because I've gone beyond. I'm beyond that. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's not what we're talking about at all. Um, but, but in addition to that great toolbox of memorized prayers, which we can call on when we don't have our own words, yeah. but there should be, if, if I have a real, if I'm in a relationship with the Lord, um, at some point and practice makes perfect and it's, it's awkward at the begin with, but you pray in the way that father Scott describes it. And this is how it was described to him, I think 25, 30 years ago, um, in your prayer, it's, 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 you pray the way that you talk to a trusted friend. Mm-hmm. So God is, he is among other things, should be a trusted friend. Yeah. So how would I talk to a trusted friend? Well, that's how I can talk to the Lord in prayer. But how do you do that? Well, that's what year one school missionary discipleship is all about. That's exciting. What does this look like? And then how can I, how can I not only learn it for myself, but then how can I teach other people yeah. how to pray in this way? Yeah. To get it out of just your head and bring it into your heart. Exactly. Soul. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Beautiful. Uh, that's exciting. So if they decide to sign up for year one it's a, a year-long commitment yep yep i mean again summer will be taking summer off okay uh we'll, we'll definitely give i mean <laughs> don't take the summer off from praying but i mean there's not going to be uh the weekly coursework if you is it will, just for sioux falls uh no it's uh well so first of all it's not just for the city of sioux falls it's for the entire diocese of sioux falls but it's also open to anybody anywhere really uh, yes you just so, open the floodgates dr oh well we our capacity is about 295 people. Wow! So for for this first year, wow! So I think we're around 100 ish right now. So we've got room, folks. Wow. If you are interested, listen. Go to sfcatholic.org/smd school mission and discipleship. Again, sf as in Sioux Falls, sfcatholic.org/smd school of missionary discipleship and you can uh there's a little promo trailer with father scott all the details you want we can talk about more more uh after a little break here but um yeah Exciting. anybody anywhere come one come all we want everybody to grow in relational prayer amen all right folks we're going to take our first break when we come back more with dr bergwald and heather carroll that's me so stay with <laughs> us more right after this Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, 
We want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA, or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, the Executive Director of Riverview Place in Fargo. The blessing of our foundation built on faith and our sense of fellowship strengthens our sense of safety, security, and community. This is what the region has come to rely on at Riverview Place for the past 35 years. We'd love to have you join us. Call 701-237-4700 to set up a tour today or check us out at homeishere.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back. I am Heather Carroll. And I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. And you're listening to Real Presence Live, broadcasting today from the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We're just having a little banter and update with Dr. Bergwald here, telling us what's going on in our area. Um... So the one thing I want... Heather, I've got a question for you. Oh, no. Ready. What did the drummer name his twin daughters? I know what the Bell sisters' names are. Uh, Frickin' frack. And a one and a two. (laughs) Do you know the Bell sisters' names? No. Ding and dong. Oh. (laughs) I'm here all morning, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) My dad used to call my sister and I the Bell sisters. Wow. Can you feel the love? Dad jokes. <laughs> so I actually look at this host banter time as my opportunity to ask Dr. Bergwald the burning desires of my heart. The doctor. We should rename this segment, The Doctor Is In. <laughs> oh, wait. We've already got a show like that. <laughs> oh, oh, Dr. Ray. The, the theology doctor is in. Yeah. Yeah. He's here to answer Heather's questions. So a lot of... A lot of things have been going around about the synod of... On synodality. 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 (laughs) Repeat after me. Synodality. Synodality. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Got it once. We're not doing it again. All right. Explain. What is this? Why is this? It just seems like a meeting about meetings. All right. So let's speak to that first. So there's... Right, so so the, the 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 charism of infallibility, the the power of the Holy Spirit, to ensure uh, what it, what it does is ensures that the church never formally teaches error when it comes to matters of faith and morals. Right. The power of the Holy Spirit, uh, with regard specifically to infallibility, does not guarantee that each and every pastoral initiative in the church always bears the fruit that is desired. does not guarantee that each always pastoral initiative in the church is really the best thing to be doing at any given time. Sure. So it's, 
it, it's possible that the Citadel and Citadelity could go completely sideways and just become completely, to use a word of the Holy Fathers, Pope Francis, self-referential. Like turned in on herself, meetings about meetings, just looking at ourselves and navel gazing, if you will. And I'm very confident that is not the intention of the Holy Father. I am extremely confident okay. that that's not the intention of Bishop de Grude, uh in the Diocese of Sioux Falls in terms of how we are participating at the diocesan level in this synod. Okay. That's reassuring because I'm like, if there's going to be a committee on meetings i am not going right no so the way that the way that in our diocese and and i don't i I, i'm I'm confident we're we're not unique this way I i think i think this is reflecting the holy father's desire um this synod and specifically the diocesan portion of it which we're just beginning now um in some ways in terms of the active rollout of inviting conversation um this is the family of God in eastern South Dakota, gathering together, so to speak, around the word of God to listen to the word and then to talk about important questions in the life of the church. Hmm. So it is so specific that, to our area. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously there's going to be commonalities. I mean, specific to our area, there, there's a cultural context in eastern South Dakota. Every community in eastern South Dakota, every parish in eastern South Dakota. And yet, the Catholic Church is also the Catholic Church. There's continuity, right? Sure. Um, but, but for us, it, it really meshes well with that, that vision, diocesan vision that we were talking about before the break. So when, when we look at what the synod could be uh, and how it could bear fruit in the life of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, of East River, East River South Dakota. Um, the idea of, of the people of God, the family of God, gathering together around the word of God, um, what God has revealed to us, who God himself is, and praying, discerning, and discussing important questions about the life of the church in our time, in our place. That's exactly, in hmm. many ways, what the vision is about as well. So, 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 so it, could be, it could become just meetings about meetings. It could become completely just about process. But that would, I, my opinion, would be, that would be a colossal waste of time and energy and resources. And I, again, I really don't think that what, that's what... Pope Francis is, what's the, the church to be missionary? So this, our, our diocesan vision uh, is right in, line, right in line with this great desire of not just Pope Francis, but the church has always been, including all of our recent popes. So let's take it back a step. Um, what does the word synod mean? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, yay! <laughs> I can like nine twenty two. I'm going on... etymologically. I can tell you what a <laughs> synod is, but the, the etymology it's a it comes from a Greek word. Uh, sin is with. Uh, Odos. I don't remember what it is right now. Father Scott and I talked about this a couple months ago, but it's escaping me. What I'm the just synod? Believe you. <laughs> but what the, what the synod? I can answer what the synod is. Was yeah. probably what you're really asking. Yes. <clears throat> so um, the synod or a synod is a gathering of bishops. Not all the bishops in the world, mm-hmm. but a gathering of bishops to discuss important questions in the life of the church. And usually they have a focus. And usually there's a theme, yes, a focus okay. that they're discussing. So it's been, it, it was something that, that um, 
has always well has been part of the life of the church uh, here and there throughout its history, and it came back um, after Vatican II uh, as as a way for the Pope to interact with uh, bishops bishops from around the world around important topics. So some of the first synods, so the first meetings of bishops with the Pope um, uh, after Vatican II were around evangelization, hmm. catechesis. Um, the Catechism of the Catholic Church, which came out in 1992, came out of a synod in 1985, uh, celebrating the 20th anniversary of Vatican II. More recently, around the new evangelization, around the Word of God, around the Eucharist, around um, marri- married life, yeah. around youth. Synod the, of families. Yep, th- yeah. Those have been topics that the recent popes, the last three popes, um, have discussed as part of this. Um, <clears throat> synod for different reasons. So the Church in the Americas, the Church in Asia, the church in Africa, the church in Europe, those were synods that were held in the um, 90s, hmm. for instance. So when it, when the Pope declares a synod, how does that look when it comes down to our bishop? Is it like an order? Is it something that we have to do? Yeah, so this how does one, that look? This synod on synod, so what is synodality? Well, so synod on synodality, the theme is synodality. What the heck is synodality? Well, just, it, it's part of uh, for uh, again, coming together around the Word of God to talk about important questions. So I think the Holy Father just wants to make sure <clears throat> that it's part of the life of the church, that the, the people of God, <clears throat> the family of God, so uh, bishop with his priests, priests with their people, are are reflecting on important questions in the life of the church in terms of what the church is called to be and do in our time and place on a regular basis. We, this should be part of the life of the church. So the synod on synodality is about um, helping this dialogue and discernment and conversation become more part of the regular life. Now, as a worldwide process then, so what is on the mind of and hearts of Catholics in terms of hmm. what the church is called to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So does this have a time frame to it? Uh, yeah. So um, there's the diocesan process, which is going on over the next few months in our diocese. There's sort of this time of meetings and surveys and so on. People have the opportunity at their parish level and then to the diocesan level um, to have these conversations over the next month or two. Mm-hmm. And then that'll make its way to the diocese and uh, sort of a, a, a summary of conversations and feedback will be sent on to the U.S. Bishops Conference. And then from there, the U.S. Bishops Conference will gather every diocese sort of summary of conversations and feedback. And that'll be forwarded to the Vatican. And then I think, uh, is it 2023 or 2024, there will be a gathering in Rome of bishops from around the world to talk about what's been talked about. Wow. That's really impressive. Why is that impressive? Are you just talking? Are you just no. saying words? Right? Why is that impressive? To That's you? impressive to me because it's like, usually we think about our faith as the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. yeah. Getting, yeah. you know, and yeah. so... It's really impressive that my little comment somehow is going to shape and go forward the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I was looking up. There is a um, survey that's on the diocesan website, isn't there? Yep. So people can go to sfcatholic.org, and you can take your survey on there. I know that um, 
they want probably as many people as they can from our diocese from our diocese yeah please if you're from a different diocese go to your website right <laughs> right but uh i think it's a great opportunity to uh become part of the bigger church yep so if, if you go, you can also just go directly to the webpage with the survey, sfcatholic.org slash synod, which we should spell because oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. S-Y-N-O-D, S-Y-N-O-D. So sfcatholic.org slash synod, S-Y-N-O-D, will t- take you to the webpage that you want where you can submit feedback. We'd love to get, yes, every Catholic in Eastern South Dakota. Uh, that would be awesome. To, yeah. I mean, to get thousands of responses would be awesome. Yeah. And then it also gives the link on that same page to the classes you're talking about. Yep. So lots going on in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. And any last thoughts? We're going to have Eric Gallagher on next. Today is the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. It's been 40 days since Christmas. Today is an awesome feast, Candlemas. Uh, That's right. We didn't, yes. Yeah. We were going to... That was my, what I, that was in my back pocket, ready. But you had great questions, great topics. So well, thank you. We didn't need to discuss it, we but didn't. Um, it's a great feast to observe and celebrate. Forty days since Christmas, which means just another three hundred and twenty-five till next Christmas. <laughs> or another reason to bring your new candles to the church to get blessed today. Amen. So. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to have Eric Gallagher, uh, one Ooh. of Chris's. What? You work next oh, to Oh, that's him. right. That's yeah, right. You guys work in the same hallway. Uh, that's right. But um, I wanted to talk to Eric about the silver linings of the pandemic. Indeed. So he had a lot of challenges when the pandemic hit, and I just kind of wanted to see how it went. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this break. We'll be right back. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 